This, this is the Second, Second Story Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Livo. In our continuing celebration of Pride Month, Second Story is proud to present Chris Thorin. The first dress that I tried on was a well-loved summer dress. It was thin and yellow with warm pinks and earth tones. I got some extra fabric for a chest I didn't have, and the straps were thin on my broad shoulders, and it was definitely way too short on me. Liz peeked through her glasses to look at me, grinning. We had met as coworkers in 2014 at one of those jobs that forges indelible bonds of friendship. <laughs> What started as a straightforward admin job turned into the two of us closing a floundering theater company together. Somewhere, digging through costume storage, listing supplies on Craigslist, and hauling boxes around downtown Evanston, a friendship emerged. One based heavily on truth-telling, honesty, and calling each other's bullshit. Well, she asked warmly, how do you feel? First of all, incredibly uncomfortable. Here I was, in a dress that didn't really fit, in front of a friend's full-length mirror, on a screened-in porch that functioned as a walk-in closet. The mid-June sun had set on the way over, and the scratch of a record player floated Stevie Nicks through the long apartment as I pulled at the straps on my shoulders. Second, though, it sent shivers through me for how free I felt. I breathed out for what felt like the first time in years. My shoulders fell an inch, my jaw relaxed, and my whole body breathed a sigh of relief. I had no idea it was holding in. You know when you get home from work and you change into comfortable clothes after a long day and you feel your whole body just relax? It was like that, but deeper. Like there was some invisible tension I was holding that I was finally able to let go of. My body had spent 26 years tightly bound with a secret that I didn't fully understand because I had never bothered to ask the right questions. I swayed a little bit, watching the fabric dance over my thighs. I felt embarrassed by how much joy I felt, how light I felt. It was objectively not flattering. And <laughs> even my limited fashion sense could tell I had so much more to learn. Here, Liz said, offering me another one. This one's way more twirly. <laughs> I grew up loving video games, and Legos, and Star Wars, and dogs. Lion King was my favorite Disney movie, and I had a deep crush on Nala. <laughs> my childhood and history exist to me in colors and shades, broad strokes rather than fine lines. Whenever I talk to out and proud queer people, trans and non-binary people, they'll point to how they knew at an early age. I don't have that. I got what was maybe my first clue in high school. I learned that I enjoyed wearing tights, through the time-honored high school acting tradition of period Shakespeare. <laughs> in Twelfth Night, the butler Malvolio is tricked into wearing garish yellow cross-guarded stockings, thinking it'll impress his mistress Olivia. I was eager, willing, and happy to pull myself into the costume, despite hot stage lights and a long running time. The women in the rest of the cast laughed at the idea of anyone enjoying hosiery for any period of time, but I felt sleek, strong, Sexy. With all the benefit of hindsight, I can add feminine to that list. I never found any joy in dressing up on my own. It wasn't that I disliked my appearance or body, 
I just never particularly liked any part of it. I took no pride in button-up shirts or ties, and the first time I put product in my hair voluntarily was at the pleading of a headshot photographer in my senior year of college. <laughs> my family was always the function over form type. The most fashionable family member I had was my grandmother, who insisted on having her hair done once a week. That aside, men are never encouraged to experiment with their appearances. They aren't offered the chance to choose pants or a dress, shorts or skirt, flats or sneakers. Nobody bothers trying to show them skincare or makeup, and buzz cuts were the law of the land until we got music videos. <laughs> you see, men's fashion is additive. To get dressier, you add layers or lines, a button-down and then a vest, a jacket and then a tie, always with pants, always with stunningly similar shoes, <laughs> usually in the same muted color palette. Anyone who has ever worn a, a full suit to a summer wedding knows that it's a glaring design flaw <laughs> But we do it because that's just what society says to do. Seeing girls in high school shop for dresses and shoes with friends and all the variety they had with their hair and their outfits, it made me resent male fashion. That's changed as I've learned that suits come in more than one color and texture, and ties are way less necessary than I ever thought that they would be. But the fact remains, women are given so much more flexibility in their wardrobes than men. That jealousy settled somewhere in the squarely in the back left corner of my heart. You know, the one that touches your stomach, you don't really have to deal with that often. That corner was closed off, and I never had any reason to look inside it. And I didn't, until two years ago, just a couple of weeks before twirling in Liz's closet. My best friend Amy and I were born two days apart, and every year we spent the first week of June together to celebrate. Visiting her in Denver, we wandered to the patio of her favorite local Mexican restaurant. It was the kind of early summer day that you dream of in the dead of winter. Warm in the sun, cool in the shade, the perfect time to order drinks in pitcher form and while away the hours. We laughed over margaritas and tacos and stumbled into discussing the complex spectrums of gender and sexuality. She talks about the program she was graduating from, how the DSM considered gender dysphoria and homosexuality diseases as recently as 2012, how her friend was in the process of transitioning, how much she wished people could feel free to just be themselves. Now, I mean, I met in middle school, which means we've seen each other through every awkward phase of adolescence. <laughs> she hasn't told me this, uh, but on some level, I think she knew those were words I needed to hear, more than I did, even. We walked back to her house, still deep in gender politics, and I collapsed on her couch as she lamented the boxes society puts men into. Made courageous by friendship and trust and margaritas mild above sea level, I confessed. You know, sometimes I wish I was allowed to be feminine, to wear dresses and tights and flats. I was horrified that I had managed to say that out loud. And the second it left my mouth, I was ashamed. Our culture had taught me that a feminine man isn't attractive, and the huge stigmatized burden it carried clung to the air heavily. Amy, to her eternal credit, softly agreed and gave me a significant look. It was the kind she gave me when I tried to lie to her which she needed to say a lot without saying anything. She tucked her hair behind her ear and asked kindly, is that a thing you want? It was. Have you tried? I hadn't. You should. Maybe talk to your partner and try one of hers when you get back. 
Seriously though, dresses are great, especially in the summer. I deflected and generally agreed before changing the subject, and she left it as she dropped on much product. I arrived back in Chicago, and I couldn't stop thinking about how easy she had made it sound. Have you tried? That simple question kicked off a struggle with gender identity that my subconscious brain had been left alone to deal with my entire life. I was somehow both desperate to talk about it and desperate to forget about it. You're never really eager to have an identity crisis, you know? <laughs> the first weekend that I got back, I was distracting myself with work when a Google Hangout window popped open. A completely innocuous, how are you, from Liz sent my brain into a tailspin. I took a deep breath, I decided to be brave, and I told her my story about my confession in Denver about this desire that I hadn't given voice to before then. Actually, she typed, little green dots passing, I'm doing a deep closet purge for feelings reasons. If you want me to come over and try stuff on, you could. No pressure, but we can put on music and make fun. I hadn't expected that. Still embarrassed and still nervous, I chose bravery and agreed. I'd do it. It was just dresses. I had to try. That night, I sat in Liz's kitchen with a cocktail as she patiently let me talk about everything but my gender identity before seizing on silence and saying, you want to try stuff on? And so I found myself in a dress that didn't really fit in front of a full-length mirror on a screened in porch that functioned as a walk-in closet. We established three ground rules. Rule one, no shame or apologizing. Rule two, no pressure to say or try anything I wasn't comfortable with. Rule three, hugs in abundance by request. Good rules for life. You know how, in every romantic comedy, when the protagonist has a big event to get ready for and someone to impress, and they desperately need a makeover because they're too focused on their career to care about how they look? <laughs> Especially because fall is such a busy time for the magazine. <laughs> and their best friends pull out all the stops in a montage makeover. That's exactly how it was. <laughs> You treated the whole night like a fashion show, blasting music and going through every dress and skirt in her closet. She'd pull on long forgotten going out outfits while tossing me flowy sundresses. Her bridesmaids gowns that were worn only once to wardrobe staples. She hung outfit after outfit on next to a blank mirror. My embarrassment slowly eroded away and replaced by excitement and eagerness to understand the skirt shapes and what sleeves were flattering, where my true waist was. As she held zip zippers and tie ties, we talked about her relationship, her family, my relationship, my family. We laughed and told jokes and hugged and aggressively supported each other. And by the end of the night, I had a pile of old dresses and skirts and was feeling a little less afraid. I wish that there was an easy end to the story. I wish I could say that I had put on a dress and now I'm comfortable and brave in my identity and life is generally a fun, feminine frolic of acceptance and boldness. Most of the time though, putting on a dress or a skirt or a pair of tights means knowing I need to be cautious of bathroom selection. And knowing that I need to have something to look at on the bus so I don't notice stairs or double takes. It means wondering who in the room that I'm out to, in what capacity I'm out to them, which strangers I might meet, how they might feel about it. And that's the best case scenario for a trans or non-binary person. For someone less privileged than I am, wearing a dress out in public can be life-threatening. Choosing to express 
and own my gender identity's always an active and scary choice to enter the world as a version of myself that's somehow more comfortable but also more guarded. I choose to do it as often as I can because the world is too loud for me to be quiet. Because representation matters, because it feels right. I still own a couple of the dresses that Liz let me keep. Now they hang in my closet next to other donations and purchases that I've made myself, including the bridesmaid's dress that I wore last summer at her wedding. I'm working on makeup and accessorizing, on diversifying my wardrobe, on being visible. I can't wait to find out where the story goes next. This story was produced by Jenna Myers, curated by C.P. Chang, directed by Liz Rice, and music and sound designed by Billy Eline. The Second Story podcast is produced by me, Liv Oaf. Second Story is supported by the MacArthur Fund for Art and Culture at the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, a City Arts Grant from the City of Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, our 2018 to 2019 season sponsor, Skadden, Arp, Slate, Meager, and Floam, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Livof, and this, this is the Second, Second Story Podcast.